I was super excited for Jonah Hill's directorial debut. We've kind of seen him go from like these stoner roles to writing and directing his own film. It's been kind of fun to watch his growth in the industry. Maybe I shouldn't be so surprised by this, but I am. He's managed to avoid being pigeonholed into these sort of dumb bro comedies and has really just shown his true abilities, not only as an actor, but like you said Tuesday, as a director and also a writer. Today, we grab our skateboards and jump back to our younger days in mid-90s. Hold on tight to that Capri Sun. This is Whiskey and Popcorn. Okay, okay. Before we dive headlong into this review, we have a special guest with us today. Hello, Amanda Luberto. Hi. Amanda, do you consider yourself a 90s kid? I feel like logically, because I was born in 1995, I am indeed a 90s kid. And I feel like I had enough time in the 90s to have like childhood memories of like these like pseudo like nostalgic 90s things like any of those like BuzzFeed like only 90s kids will remember I'm like (laughs) oh I like vaguely remember (laughs) so I'm like kind of in there but I'm not definitely like you know hardcore into these like because I was five when the 90s ended so I only got so many years you're basically saying that Tuesday and I are old yeah no I'm just saying I'm really young (laughs) (laughs) I like her we're gonna keep her (laughs) So in a nutshell, this movie is basically, it's a coming of age story. It's a group of skater boys in Los Angeles in, you guessed it, the mid 90s. And we follow 13 year old Stevie as he dodges his older brother's beatings, his mom's mothering, and basically he's searching for a place to fit in. And that's when Stevie meets a group of skaters and slowly works his way into the group. You think you're pretty cool. Your ghetto-ass friends. You good? Uh. You think you're tough and shit. You're just a little fucking kid. A lot of the time, we feel like our lives are the worst. But think if you looked at anybody else's closet, you wouldn't trade your shit for their shit. So let's go. Uh, We basically watch Stevie's innocence get replaced by this desire to fit in. And he starts smoking and drinking and using all that skater lingo from the 90s. For as much as this is a coming-of-age story, it's also very much a story about somebody on a a downward spiral. The plot gets really, really dark. Speaking as somebody who does remember the 90s, having fully lived the 90s, (laughs) I got a huge sense of like time and place in this film, although I hesitate to call it nostalgia for me, and we could get into that a little bit later, but, you know, I wasn't exactly hanging out with the skater crowd in the movie, but I knew kids like that growing up. Tuesday, let's start with you, though. What did you think? Don't worry, because I did hang out with the skater kids. <laughs> this uh, this really took me back to middle school. You know, you skated until it was dark out, and your friends were everything, and you got into stupid things way before you should have, and... You're, you're just trying to impress your older counterparts while also attempting to find a place that you belong. And I was fortunate enough to date plenty of skater guys, and this film is very true to form. It's super authentic, 
without being overly nostalgic or corny. Like we, you know, at no time were we like listening to Limp Biscuit and watching them skate. <laughs> so fortunately, you know, he touches enough on it without it being obnoxious. Yeah. And Amanda, what did you think? So we talked earlier about being really impressed by Jonah Hill's directing and writing skills. And that's kind of like how I tie these two thoughts together is like I was really impressed that it wasn't, you know, scenes of Limp Bizkit and skating videos. You could tell that like Jonah Hill was this kid. He was this crowd. He did hang out with the skaters and maybe smoke cigarettes at too young and like all these things. So just like hang out with your friends. And I also thought it had like a really nice sort of like male coming of age story. We've seen a lot of A24 stories recently, especially with Lady Bird and Eighth Grade kind of have these like female sort of coming of age things, which I watched and I was like, oh my gosh, like I am Lady Bird, like I get it, all these things. And like, I loved being able to see like, oh, these are like such male experiences that are so genuine without being like, oh, I'm a, I'm a dude and I feel X, Y, and Z. It was just very like, these are just like kids who grew up with their other dude friends doing dude things and it was really I thought it was really refreshing that it wasn't overwhelmingly like 90s nostalgic here's a bunch of things like here's a Walkman and like here's you know, all these like t-shirts that we're gonna put in to make you remember that we're in the 90s kind of like Stranger Things-esque where I'm like oh this is yep we get it it's in the 80s I understand <laughs> so it was nice that it was just like it's a story and it happens to be in the 90s and that's what it's about and I liked that yeah, yeah. For me, like, I felt very much that I was, like, sliding back into a memory. So when I say it doesn't hit you on the head with the nostalgia stick, it's like, oh, I remember those CDs. Oh, I've seen those cars yeah. on the street. It was just very much a sense of, of time and place that doesn't feel that far away. I guess the, the, the strange part about it is is that it is kind of been a while <laughs> now that there's kids around. These Some of these kids in this movie have never experienced what it's like to not have a cell phone or not have the internet. And the whole idea that you went outside to play, uh, you just hung out and did stupid shit. <laughs> yeah, Sonny Soljic uh, was born in 2005. So just let that sink in. Oh, man, that's the year say, I graduated high school. Like, if we do, like, mid-90s, like, I was born mid-90, directly, 95. So, like, I do have childhood memories of, like, playing street hockey until it gets dark and then, like, having to come home and, like, things like that. That was sort of, like, my skating was, like, playing street hockey with my friends. But I am probably, I mean, we'll have to fact check this, but I'm sure I'm older than all the kids that are playing these like young kids. So it is funny to have like, none of you know what the 90s were like, but we're gonna put you in this position and then they killed it, they did great. But that's the thing is we can all relate, whether it's street hockey or my friends and I would all go biking, you know, until it was dark and other people went skating, but we all have that vision of, you know, you get in a fight with your mom and then you run out and you don't return until like 7 p.m. at night, which was so late, you know, but such on the edge. Right. Yeah. But it's that it's that relatability. Yeah. That I think everyone can connect with. Yeah, totally. And I think that's where we really connect with Jonah Hill. He, he makes this big leap. But really, I think he's just doing what he knows. You know, I listened to a Toronto Film Festival interview, which is where mid-90s premiered and got standing ovations. And Hill actually just showed up to skate parks to find his actors. (laughs) 
he's never been one for formal like red carpet activities and formal interviews and tryouts. So it just felt so appropriate for him. And I keep coming back to this word authentic. His actors are superb. And it's not because they're particularly good actors for all we know. It's just that they were portraying their own life. And these kids needed some escape from their everyday life. And and skating was their coping mechanism for some lower socioeconomic status kids, you know, along with abusive family members or family members who've passed away. And just being able to have that escape was so important and almost survivalist. You know, it's interesting because that's that's a big risk to take to just wander up to a skate park and be like, yo, want to be in a movie? I was going to say, like, luckily he chose, like, three people who are good skaters and also good memorizers. Like, it could have been been horrible. (laughs) But it totally, you know, it paid off. These performances were natural, and I think that's a testament to also Jonah Hill as a director to get these performances out of these kids who have minimal or no acting experience is incredible. And I think it's probably because, you know, Jonah Hill's a big kid himself and he's probably just really easy to hang out with. He's like, yeah, man, whatever. I could just imagine him, (laughs) you know, being a really easygoing type of director. But Sonny Soljic, who played Stevie, he was just so good. He was so on point with his character to the point where as he was having his downward spirals, like he was making me mad. I'm like, don't. Yeah. <laughs> make these decisions. How could you do this? Uh, he was driving me a little bit crazy, but I guess in a good way because, you know, you're you're getting a reaction out of me, even though I was like, I'm disappointed in you. I sound like a mom. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I am not a mom, by the way. A disclaimer. But the one actor I really want to highlight is Nikel Smith, who played Ray, and he's basically the ringleader of the skater group. And He was just a phenomenal character and a great actor. His character had this really complicated story. He's he's black. It is the mid-90s, so it's the era of I'm colorblind, I don't see color, which comes with all its own baggage and problems that we are, you know, experiencing now in society. But, you know, the racism was still rampant. And here he is, he's hanging out with a bunch of white kids who wanna live this thug life who want to throw away all the things that they're privileged to whether or not they're from a lower class or not they still aren't dealing with the same things that uh, Ray is and you know he calls out his friends for being stupid and wasting their privilege essentially because he's working hard he's working to get out through his skating that's why he's so good he does such a good job of that with the character fuck shit and like their friendship being like so long-lasting and they've been friends before either of them had any sort of like idea of what they wanted to do if they wanted to stay or if they wanted to you know become famous skaters or like whatever and like they're real early I guess like mid-movie there's that conversation between those two characters where he's like nah man like I'm doing good in school I'm trying to get out I'm trying to become famous like all these things like I'm not going to stay in the hood for the rest of my life and fuck shit's like this is all I get so like this is what I'm going to make the best of it. Like, why bother if this is how it's going to happen? And I thought that, like, because of, like, race elements that that scene was really important and, like, extremely 90s, I thought, which was kind of, like, the first time that they're seeing there's, like, an escape, I guess. You can go out. You can be a good athlete. You can do these things. And especially in the 90s where, like, 
skateboarding was really popular for the first time. You could actually make a career out of it. And it was like, it's not just a rich white kid sport. Anyone can do it, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, street sport. Yeah. And I'm always going to love any situation where they heighten a, a person of color and they're the ones regulating the situation. Yeah. It's the, yes, we can have fun occasionally, but you know, having 40s and getting high every day is not what we need to do. And really showing that he wants to get out of that situation and they're just taking every opportunity to mess it up. Not for necessarily him, but being very self-destructive of themselves. But the character development is absolutely fantastic. You, you feel like the sixth kid yeah. in their group of friends and you care about what they're doing, what's going on. And just that growth in character development is unheard of for a directorial debut for someone. But not every character got full character development, so... No. Uh, there there was plenty of characters who didn't get the light that I would have hoped for, at least trying to understand more the story of Stevie. Now, his mom and brother are really good examples. Sometimes his mom is trying to be a friend. Other times she's acting like a mom, screaming at his friends at the skate shop. And his brother has absolutely no development in between beating the life out of Stevie. And... You know, was it necessary? No, but I don't feel like I really got a grasp of Stevie's home life whatsoever. Yeah, I couldn't tell if he was in a bad situation. I want to say no, because, I mean, they might have been on the lower socioeconomic level, but they didn't appear to be suffering. I mean, they were drinking tank. <laughs> and, right. Orange juice every you day. You know, they, uh, his brother had a nice uh, CD collection, you know. It just, I, I wondered that, too. Because that's the other thing that made me so mad about this movie. And maybe that's what Jonah Hill wanted to get out of us. But, um, <laughs> like, Stevie, you don't come from a bad background. You, you're you not suffering. If any, You're just missing the dad in your life, and we don't know why. If he left or was a divorce or all those things. But I, I feel like it highlights the fact that, like, at the end of the day, like, Stevie is lonely. His mom is not there. She's doing whatever. She's not sure if she's a friend, if she's a mom. Like, that's awkward and uncomfortable. And the scene where the brother, Ian, and Stevie are sitting and they're playing video games, it's like kind of like toward the end of the movie where he finds that Stevie's got like a pack of cigarettes and he's like, you think you're so cool, like all these things where he's like, it was way worse before you were around. I got like this sense of like jealousy that Stevie gets to have a childhood and that the brother is beating up on him because it's a life he never got and like, if you can't relate to your mom and you can't relate to your brother who is just mad at the sight of you every single day, you like you have no one. It's a perfect example and a perfect story of like how your friends become your family. And like even if Stevie has these privileges, at the end of the day, like all of these boys that are in this skate park and this skate group, like the thing that they have in common is is their loneliness. And like that's why they cling on to each other so much. That's why they're skating from sun up to sundown. It's just because they don't want to be at home because they hate it. No matter like if they have the money to buy groceries or what, but like they just they hate being at home because there isn't a, a sense of place for them. And I thought that was like the only development we really saw with the brother was at like the end where he hands him the orange juice in the hospital and he's kind of like, I I'm I'm here for you. I'm glad you're glad you're still around, glad you're alive in like that little moment. But that's that's like really all we got. But it's so synonymous with like all of Lucas Hedges's 
parts in all of these A24 movies where it's like you you're a character you could be a good character but it's not about you so we're gonna move on to someone else and he's very much like the Johnny Depp of A24 movies too it's like well (laughs) you you can't have one without him so (laughs) yeah it's gonna be like Lucas Hedges or uh Timothy uh oh my gosh Timothy Charlemagne yes in all of their movies for the rest of forever and like I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. going to be great. Can't wait to see him, you know, in 35 years still doing the, like, he's around. But... The, the quasi-independent the films. Yeah. He'll, he'll eventually become, like, Bill Murray. Yep. He's yeah. just so ubiquitous. He's going to be, like, he's going to be Wes Anderson's Bill Murray. Like, that's how it's going to be. Where he's like, he's, Absolutely. he's in it. But, like, he doesn't do much. Maybe he'll get his uh, um, Life Aquatica one day. Right. One day. One day. <laughs> Well, final thoughts on this movie. Uh, Tuesday, let's start with you. Do you recommend it? I do. And it I would say it's definitely for my age group and up where you can really relate to that era. And if you even had inklings or friends in the skater group, it's just such an accurate portrayal. So go see it just if you kind of want to see what Jonah Hill has to do you know, as far as being behind the scenes go and seeing what maybe we have in the future with them. Definitely. And Amanda, what do you think? Yay or nay? So I definitely liked it. I'm interested to see if I'm going to like it as much the second time around now that I know how it kind of like accumulates in the ending. And like another uh, scene I wanted to highlight was like the conversation between um, Stevie and Ray. And it's kind of this like authentic, like you were saying Tuesday, like male friendship of sort of like, yeah, like, we like get high and we skateboard and like throw rocks at things but like also look here's like some like vulnerability i'm gonna tell you like everyone's life is hard like my life is hard my brother died like it's okay we're here for each other like this sort of like all right now that no one's looking i can like kind of have some feelings and it's like so male friendship in like the heartwarming way where I'm like I know they care about each other even if they just like talk about soccer all day long like I know at the end of the day they like have emotions toward each other and just like that moment of like the eldest one talking to the youngest one it was like that's where I was like oh this is so good this is really heartwarming it's that bro mix of dude don't say thank you that's so gay yeah mixed with no, dude, thank you. It's like a common courtesy. Like, mm-hmm. use it. Absolutely. And so it, it all depends on the situation of to what personality you're kind of getting out of them, which it's just so guy code. It's yeah. so interesting. It's great. So I don't know if I, like, thought this movie is the most exceptional movie I've ever seen, but I was really interested throughout the whole thing, and I was extremely impressed with Jonah Hill and just sort of, like, how he could go from – pineapple express to this and how it it was seamless somehow and he made everyone take him seriously without it being like i'm now serious be serious like it was it was really a nice transition i liked it definitely and i don't know i'm probably the one more on the fence with this one (laughs) compared to you guys i didn't hate it i didn't love it it definitely has some strong points and all my props go to jonah hill for this movie that being said, I think it's definitely worth seeing, even if I'm like, meh, feelings about it. Yeah. But that's two out of three here that are like a fantastic. So don't take my word for it. Take theirs. So that's it for this episode. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Let me know when you need more help. I'm always down to see free movies. Um, I love free movies. I'll definitely have you back. (laughs) 
All right. So we are on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. If you're not subscribed to us, ask yourselves, What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your life? What else do you listen to? I mean, we're not in the mid-90s anymore. There's technology. Make sure you give us a like on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we'll see you at the movies, guys. 